warmest greetings, heart and soul family. My name is Sheila Smith, and I am the proud co-lead of the Prayer and Care Village, and I am a prayer facilitator. I trust that many of you know the power of prayer and that prayer works. Prayer and care's sacred service to our community is consistent prayer in times of celebration, in times of challenge, in times of transition, and in times of change. We pray without ceasing for such a time as this. We offer what we call laser prayer. It is confidential, short, focused, and intentional prayer to support you in knowing the truth through any situation, that God is all there is, to align with your intention for well-being. We offer four prayer rooms, 10 minutes after every Sunday service, and at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesday mornings, where you can request a prayer. Additionally, we provide Power of Prayer podcasts. It's available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also reach us at any time at Prayer and Care, all one word, at HeartSoulCenter.org. We also offer a call-in prayer line. Now you can call in a prayer at any hour from any time zone, and a prayer facilitator like myself will respond to you within 24 hours. That number is 510-607-7747. One of the ways in which prayer and care invites the community to celebrate is by acknowledging birthdays. If you were born in the month of December, we're happy to celebrate your birthday with you. We invite you to take in the gift of this affirmation from 365 Science of Mind. Today, I walk in the light of God's love. Today, I am guided and my guidance is multiplied. I know exactly what to do, exactly how to do it. There is an inspiration within me that governs every act, every thought, in certainty, with conviction, and peace. And from heart and soul, center of light, we say to you, Beloveds, we know who you are. You are the beloved of God, and we celebrate your light. You are blessed this day with radiant health, expanding abundance, loving relationships, and the wisdom courage, and strength to be all that you are. We love you, we appreciate you, and we thank God for you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. day. Thank you, Felicia, for our devotional today, our opening prayer. I am um, feeling so many things, so grateful to be alive and well and to know it. I know for some of you that feels pretty pretty mundane. It feels like, you know, aren't we all? No, that's not true for everyone. And especially in this season, there are many people who are challenged around this time. Some of it 
I think, because it is uh, true for me to some extent, uh, seasonal. The way that the amount of light and um, the energetic response, the an individual's energetic inner response to how much how much daylight there is, and just even light in the room, and so that can begin it. And then for for many people, well, for one, it would might help to understand that I'm someone who, as a teenager made two suicide attempts. So when I say grateful to be alive, that comes from a place that you might not recognize. That some of, some of us maybe take that for granted. And then there are those of us who have had to choose, to actively choose to be on this side. And so that's, I come to you this morning with with that awareness, the awareness of the depth of my gratitude for my life and my living. Oh, I'm so grateful, so very grateful. Now, that doesn't mean it's smooth sailing. I wouldn't want to paint a false picture. What it means is that no matter what, I am grateful for this opportunity to live my version of the life of God, the living one, the strong one, my version of the wisdom of God, my version of the love of God, my version of the joy of God, my version of the divine unfolding. Oh, the divine. Oh, this is a good day, y'all. And ideally, we, I am, we are, in our right mind sufficiently each day so that we can recognize that we have so much for which to be grateful. That's a right mind moment. I hope you're following that. This isn't a question of mental stability. This is a question of whether you can, whether I can in any given moment, line my awareness up with the truth of my being. Can't always do it. Whole truth, transparency, can't always do it. Sometimes takes me a while. I can be so stuck around what's not working. What, what, is, what I think is missing. And then ideally, I come to myself. Hopefully quickly, not always though, let's keep it real. To an awareness that right where I am right now. In this challenge, in this problem, in this situation that I don't want to be in, right where I am right now, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is present right there. Haven't always known that. Believed, used to believe God was present in the good stuff. In the bad stuff, that had a different presence. Now I know it's either all God we declare, we have often declared there's not a spot where God is not. Well, we're going to have to act like it. We're going to have to really bring that home is, is the challenge. So today, I'm kind of um, hearkening back to 1999, which was the first time that, um, that I went to Brazil. And on that first trip to Brazil, it was a tour. And so it was um, a, a wonderful tour that included some of the um, cathedrals. And in the cathedrals, what we got to see, and this was a surprise for me, I had heard it, but to see it was Condomble, which is the, the West African expression of the way um, ooh, how do I say this? It was their way, the Africans in Brazil, who were building the cathedrals, let's be clear, who were building the cathedrals, made certain to include their own deities, their own awareness of the divine. 
So what, we, what they ended up with was this kind of combination of the Catholic saints and the uh, Orishas. And so what you have in Brazil, in the Catholic cathedrals, you have the representation. If you know how to look, if you know what to, you know, if you know how to, to focus and, and um, discern, what you'll see are the Orishas being represented. Even as someone who doesn't have that awareness, what they see are the saints. What they see are Catholic representations. And so I am going to invite us to do something similar. Because this time on the Christian calendar is Advent. And it's the time that is the, it's the, this is my view, my interpretation. It's our runway to the birth of the divine, Christ consciousness. So I'm going to tell it my way. You know that it's, it's often told as a baby in a manger and there's all the, the uh, symbolism, etc. So I'm going to invite us to look at and honor the Advent calendar, which began last Sunday. So we began our process, and I kind of forewarned you. I told you we only had so many days between the, until the end of the year. But the Advent calendar goes through Christmas Eve. And so what we're doing is we are preparing ourselves for our birthing of our aware, our full awareness of the divine, our connectedness, our whole perfect and complete nature. Does this make sense? So we are willing to, if, we, if you play this game with me, you are, are enrolling yourself in a commitment to use these days from now until Christmas Eve to ready yourself. So this would mean that you might increase your spiritual practice or you might really engage your spiritual practice, the one you've been planning to be in. The one, you know, what, it doesn't matter because the, this is the get ready moment right now. So however it was, if you've just been doing it consistently, then maybe you'll do it with a little different intention, a little other flavor to it or something. I don't know. And if you haven't been doing it, you just, this is your invitation to get on board. And if you're anywhere in between, you just get into the divine flow of it. Does this make sense? So this is an invitation that during this Advent season, again, from last Sunday to Christmas Eve, this is our opportunity to really lay track because where we're going is not to just believe the mythology of the baby in the manger. It is instead the birthing of the divine. This planet is yearning for the birthing of the divine. Something different than a baby in a manger. But if we use the symbolism, the, the metaphor of that, we see that it's exactly that. So this is our opportunity. This is the invitation. And then if we play full out and we're having a good time, we may even do the 12 days of Christmas. Who knows? Who knows? Because we get to, we get to design it so that it works for us. Yes? So we're going to begin. We're, we're, we're dropping anchor is what we're doing in this moment. And so I'm going to back us up and remind us that Last Sunday, we were working with 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, where Paul reminds us to rejoice at all times. Now, I'm going to add here, just to put it in perspective, This remember we're on our runway. Don't forget all of this. I want you to layer all, you stir all this in together, yes? All right. So this notion of rejoice at all times, I know that can bring some stuff up. But watch this, it's no matter how awful it is or it seems to be, there is always something to rejoice about, always. Now, some of you are, are too young on the spiritual path to really stand in declaring that. 
And then there's some mature ones in the group, and that's how you know we got a good mixture going, because there's some folks who can help you out, who can help you to discern that no matter how bad there is, that is, whatever it is that you're crying about or, or sad about or frustrated about or angry about or whatever it is, that there is, if you shift your view, you don't have to deny that. It's not to pretend like that didn't happen. It's that that's never the only thing that is happening in your life. There, oh my goodness, a friend used to have his mother, he told me, used to say, oh, I oh some part of it was like, if that thing happened, then, well, they couldn't, whatever. And, if they, and, then, and finally it was like, well, they couldn't kill me. And so it just kept going, like, because our fear, we have some fear in it that we don't want that thing to happen. We don't want so-and-so to be upset with me. And then play it out in mind. Well, if so-and-so was upset with me, I wouldn't die from them being upset. I wouldn't be ill. I wouldn't be, you know, too help you to stand in a place of, for sure, so-and-so is going to be upset. At least in your mind, that's the outcome. And then accept that. And rejoice that that's all that's going on here. I hope this is making sense as a possibility. He goes on to say, pray without ceasing which to me is an invitation, an admonishment to know and stay immersed in truth. Pray without ceasing doesn't mean get on your knees and do not get up. Metaphorically, it does. Because it's an attitude. It's, it's a consciousness. So it's embrace the consciousness of oneness and do not let it go. That's praying without ceasing. It's not being in a physical position or saying those words all the time. It is an attitude. It's a consciousness. Is this making sense, y'all? He says, give thanks in everything. And it's a way of always acknowledging your blessing. So I know something awful is happening in the moment. Something awful, you just can hardly, and yet there's a blessing. Maybe you don't see the blessing in that yet, but oh, can I just tell you, and I used to, I didn't like it when the elders told me, baby, just wait. What you mean? I, my situation is different, you know what I mean? Because there's the uniqueness in all of us, and the wisdom of the elders did not apply to my unique situation until I got to be an elder, at which point it all collapsed into truth, and I do see very clearly what they were talking about. So allow me to say to you, baby, just wait. Just wait. It'll all be cleared up. It will be revealed to you that in the midst of this, this is the power in journaling. In the midst of whatever it is, hear me or one of the elders that matters to you say, always acknowledge your blessing. So as you journal about that awful situation, find the space in you and on the page to acknowledge a blessing, even as this horrendous situation is taking place. There's a blessing. And don't try to rush it. If you can't get it right then, do it tonight. If you can't do it tonight, do it in the morning. Do it at noon the next day. Do, it, do you see what I'm saying? Set an intention to see the blessing. And a set intention with your attention on that intention You'll see the blessing because it's done unto us as we believe. He says, do not quench the spirit. Know the truth of who and whose you are and don't play small. Don't be out there acting like you don't have no resources. Principle is always available to you to activate, to engage. Yes, 
Yeah. So there's some, there's some possibilities for us always. And, you know, we've come through summer school where we, where we were focused on letting go of the focus on the problem. Again, not to be confused with denying that there is a problem, that something has happened, has happened, is happening, we're fearful will happen. So that's the problem. It's wherever it is. And then you simply turn your attention to a possibility. A possibility that changes your energy around all of this. Oh, I hope that makes sense to you. I hope it does. Today, I'm also invoking Isaiah 45 and 22. And I'm doing that because I was reading... Uh, in the Science of Mind textbook, in the Science of Mind textbook, there is a piece that's entitled Turn Entirely from the Condition. And in Isaiah 45, 22, the American Standard Version, which is the version that Ernest Holmes, um, in quoting scripture, uses most often, I tend to use Aramaic Bible and plain English or the Peshitta, which is very close, if not the same. Um, in the American Standard Version, it says, in that translation, it reads, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. In my preferred version, that same scripture reads, Come near to me, all of you the ends of the earth that you may be saved because I am Lord Jehovah and there is no more. Which says to me that once we come into the, our righteous consciousness, once we come into the correct awareness, our correct sense of how life gets to be the way it is. Does that make sense if I say it that way? So this come unto me is come unto truth. Come unto what is true and right and real because we've been hanging out at the end of the earth. We've been hanging out in the confusion. We've been hanging out in the effect. But if you come unto truth, you then get to rise above the effect. That would be the Andriette version of this scripture. That it's a come unto, not me, come unto divine truth, divine awareness. Yeah? That's what. The, when I read that, though, y'all know where it takes me. It takes me right to Revelations 21 and 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Because when you shift in that way, when you come to divine awareness, when you come to the truth of how life gets to be the way it is, the truth about who you are and whose you are, when you come to that, what do you see? You have new eyes now. You have a new perspective, a new perception. And in that new perception, you see a new heaven, a new ideal. And looking into, focused on that new ideal, having, focusing your attention on that, it begets a new experience. And that's what the new earth is. The earth is always the manifest. So it begets a new manifestation. A different order of things is what unfolds. Oh, yes, I remember I did that. So this idea of it's probably not going to go off, and I'm not sure where it is because it's an alarm that I did. So thank you, folks, for working all that out. Um, so in this essay that's in the Science of Mind, uh, Ernest Holmes' seminal work, The Science of Mind, we consider it the textbook. He says that this idea, this notion of turning entirely from the condition, this looking 
unto the divine. Coming into that and seeing a new heaven and a new earth. What he says is that the idea is to look up and not down. And he says specifically, the reason humans have difficulty in throwing off some weakness of character while believing in spirit implicitly and having faith that he is going to overcome his limitation is because he has not induced the necessary images in mind. Remember last week, I was, uh, for the past two weeks, I've been talking to you about, because uh, Dr. Will started it, this idea of focused attention and imagination. This is what he's talking about here. If we had, in fact, induced the necessary images in mind, we would have overcome whatever the trouble is. Now, what I know is that sometimes for, for newbies, you're like, okay, now you can go on too far. I was kind of with you with your optimism and your, your thinking the good thought and looking be all that's good, but now you just, I don't know where that's coming from. What I want you to know is that it's a thing you really cannot be told. This path is not one of hearing it and being transformed. This path is one of action. This path is one of adaptation. Adapting how we have been to the mental equivalent, the mental, emotional, spiritual equivalent to the divine idea that we're blessed to have. Some of us can remember a time when we didn't have a divine idea. We was just hoping it would be different. No divine idea, no clear intention, just not this. Not this, whatever, not this. And so this is, this is taking us someplace. He's saying if we can simply induce the necessary image in mind. Come on, this is our work now, the necessary image in mind. We can overcome our trouble, problem, situation, circumstance, whatever. What's the never you calling it? Ernest Holmes continues saying, we cannot be too insistent on this all-important point. In treating, in our pray, praying, we must turn entirely away from the condition. You don't have to deny it. It's you cannot focus on it at all. You cannot give it any of your attention. This is a hard lesson. Because the problem has resources, apparently. It calls out in different languages. It has instrumentation. So it, he doesn't say, that whatever the problem, circumstance, opportunity, free challenge for you is going to let you go easy. It just says you must turn away. So what it's doing is none of your business. Because in my life, it's just like, it's like, I don't know who you're turning around from. You better get back over here. And then, you know, I respond and here we go. But this is saying something different. That no matter what happens, you must turn from the condition. I need to go sit down, you know, just. He says, turn entirely from the condition or limited situation to its opposite. Diagnosis, prognosis, turn. Bam! Health and well-being. Now, you can feel maybe the tug of, the, of all this back here, but where are you focused? Health and well-being. Now, for some of us, because we're new, we're, we're building our muscle, we need to set up some vision 
for health and well-being right now. Before, we have to have one. Let me tell you how I know, because once you have to have it, once you've already gotten the diagnosis and the prognosis and you are just already just all the stuff is happening, you will be hard-pressed to try to get another vision. Can you see that that would be true? But right now, while you're rocking and rolling and it's all good or you think it is, you can create the kind of model, the kind of vision for your life. You do not wait until you're down and out to try to imagine. Now, if that's the way it happens, then you just have to deal from that point. But that's what practitioners are for. Let me just be clear. But for the wise, start now. Envision your living. Envision your prosperity. So that if and when you have a challenge in that area, you already have a set point. Oh, we're going to be on this for a while because you see we got work to do. I started with, a couple of weeks ago, with this, um, these ideas, these seven points, if you will, about being grateful. And now I'm starting to add a scripture. And the fact that I'm adding a scripture to it does not mean that that's the only scripture. It's just what has come to my mind. So this notion of being grateful, I'm saying 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 for right now. This notion of know the truth of your being, to know that you are a divine being, whole, perfect, and complete, worthy of your heart's desire. Isaiah 45 and 22. This idea that you are worthy. We don't have to get to that. Because so much of what we desire is outside of our reach, outside of our ability to um, experience it because we don't feel worthy. And until we do, it can't be ours. For real, for real. Now, if you're a masterful manifester, you can draw it to you. The challenge is in living in it. That's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. This notion of imagining, this is where we're going to spend a lot of time as we move through into the new year and for the new year about our imagination, our ability to, to effectively imagine our heart's desire as manifest in our lives. We, don't, we need to hone that. And our awareness our clear awareness of our heart's desire and our ability to sense it as manifest. And speaking, most often, this speaking is not the same as just saying something in this context. Our challenge is that often we are too afraid to speak our word or we don't believe it ourselves. Just keeping it real. So it's not just saying words because we heard so-and-so say it. No, that sounds good to me too. It's done unto we as, uh, to, unto we. It's done unto us as we believe. And you may not believe that yet. Now, it may be good. It may be the right thing for you. Make a note of it. But you're going to have to start where you are. You can affirm that. But then there's the gap between what you believe about you and what you're worthy of and capable of and can have and all of that. That until it absolutely matches, like you can feel the gears drop right into place, the mental, emotional, spiritual equivalency that then yields the physical shift that you're desirous of. This notion of focus our ability to keep our attention on our intention. The words don't begin to speak to what is required of us. 
in order to do this. And believe, of course. Believe it is done, truly done. And that's easy to say. But most often when we speak, for so many of us, when the word is spoken, we are not 100% on board. We like liking the word, though. But that may be about all we got. It's just, I like that word, like the way it sounds, like the way it feels, like the, the sense of it. But this is about believing. Believing. So we're going to have to do some work around around belief, what our belief system is and, and what does that mean. So what we're really focused on today is these seven steps, ordering these steps in our lives. And, and it, it's not that these seven steps are, are, are so essential. There are some steps, though. There are some steps. If it's not these seven, it's, a, it's another eight or five or whatever it is. There are some steps for us to move ourselves to a point where, where as the lyrics of Order My Steps says, bridle my tongue, let my words edify, let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Take charge of my thoughts both day and night. Please order my steps, my living, my being. Order my steps in your word. That's really our prayer, that our steps be ordered, that we have some support, some assistance with this this shift, this change, this transformation that we are declaring for ourselves. Because it's more than the declaring. But you heard in the lyric this, this prayer for the words, the, my words, that my words would be acceptable. to the order, the divine order of the universe. So this notion, this is the way I see it. This notion of me being acceptable to the divine. You know, when you say it that way, silly. Because I am that. You, you, you see, I am from that. And this is, sometimes this is why when we try to use a, a family system model and we start saying like how a mother would see it and a father, everybody didn't have the same experience. So when we start, well, like any mother with their child, somebody is like, you know, they didn't left a room because their experience with mothering or fathering or did not have the experience, whatever it is. So for some, <clears throat> pardon me, it can be beyond this worldly experience. And so this is why the work that we are doing together, the work that we are called to do, each one individually, and because we're in spiritual community, we are doing it collectively as well. We're doing it as a community, which just for a person like me who loves collaboration, it is a beautiful thing to be among folks who they can be at various places on the spectrum around understanding and engagement, and yet they're in the building. They're in the game. Do you understand what I'm saying? They may not be on the starting team, but they are in the game. They are busy practicing the presence, the principles, yes? So this idea of being acceptable is really an inner, our inner work to sense that our desires, that we are worthy of them, that what we desire desires us, that what we're seeking is seeking us. 
that this notion of seeing a new heaven, it's seeing us as well. Because there's really nothing to see. It's us imagining. It's us knowing. It's us engaging and expanding our awareness to pick up on the energy that is right where we are. You know, we've been trained in public schools and just in life to be one-dimensional in our thinking, in our knowing. And this is challenging that. This is challenging that in every way, shape, and form. So I'm just warning you that you put, go ahead, get your little tile, and I'll have it ready because you're going to have a headache. Mm-hmm. It's sure. It's sure to cause a headache just to put, oh, because we're going to break up old paradigms and limits, belief systems. It's all under revision. And I saw new heavens, new possibilities, because it's not until we can let go of the old limiting ideas. And I saw new heavens. I saw new possibilities. I was buying the house, wanted to. It hasn't worked out, but because I'm doing my practice, I see a new possibility. See, there's, there's some ways that this can unfold that I had not even considered in my limited way of considering how to, maybe it was linear. I was trained to think that first I have to do this, and then it's this, and then this, and then, and if that doesn't happen, then we just start again and do that same thing and we keep doing that same thing, this is tapping into something more. You know, back in the day, when you wanted to play a record again, yeah, I said record, minute. You had to literally pick up the needle and start it again. I'm just saying, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask somebody. <laughs> but now, in my car and on the devices, there's a repeat function. See, I don't mess with the shuffle, though, because I'm, I'm so busy with the repeat. That, that little shuffle, I, I'm like, no, I didn't, what you doing? What you doing with my music? No, that's the, I had it in an order I wanted it. That's just, you know, I'm not as evolved as you shuffle people. So look, in my, somebody got in my car actually a month ago, so ago, and recall that the last time they rode with me, some months before that, that same song was on repeat. And I thought for a moment, and I thought, whatever. It's, yeah, it's, you're right. And next time you get in, it's probably going to be on too. Because what? I'm working with it. It's working with me. And in my car right now, I'm playing Speak to My Heart. Just, it don't matter when I get in, where I'm going, where I'm coming from, Speak to My Heart. Donnie McClurkin, and it's just speaking to my heart about that. And it, it's working because I know what it takes to change decades of thinking. And so I have to keep pouring it in. And it has to keep, sometimes I have to turn it up loud so that that's all I can hear. Because, you know, I've played it enough now that I can not hear it. So sometimes I have to just change the game and turn it up loud so that I'm like, oh, okay, now I hear it. Because it's working on my spirit, working on my awareness. Just speak to my heart. And so it reminds me that that's the work I'm doing. I'm opening myself to the divine in deeper ways. Speak to my heart. Guide. And I know I need this 
because my intention is to discern new heavens so that I can then experience the manifestation of the new heaven, of the divine idea, the divine idea that I wasn't open, available to seeing, discerning, experiencing. But I find that daily, throughout the day, I am more and more open. And that's my goal. Open my heart. Be available. So look, we are, and we're winding up this read, 365 days of abundance for today, December 4th. It begins with the scripture that I mentioned, Isaiah 55 and 11. You see, the work that we're doing to shift, change, and transform, we are engaging this practice very specifically. Now listen up, because Isaiah 55 and 11 captures it, I think, beautifully. It says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. Remember, we were just singing and praying, let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. It's the same kind of idea from a different point of awareness. But the same intention, same practice is, is setting the word so anchored in truth and in knowing and in believing. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth that it shall not return to me empty. See, at some point you got to know that your word must absolutely be fulfilled. Now, if this was a real, authentically honest, available group, there should have been a gasp. <laughs> Y'all must have inner gasping. Because when you understand the power of this, that 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 goes out of my mouth shall not return to me empty, you're going to be a little more careful about what goes out of your mouth. Some of what you had not intended has not returned empty. When you are crying out saying, why me? I'm just offering that that's a possibility. Check the word log. See what you've been saying. And the words of my mouth are not necessarily audible. You see what I'm saying here? That you are thinking it and saying it on the inner tip. So it says here, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. Oh, Lord, let me clean my act up and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Be very careful. <laughs> Be very aware and attentive. Then she offers, this is Judy Marie Balof, she offers that we think on these words from Joseph Murphy, who said, all frustration is due to unfilled desires. He says, if you dwell on obstacles delays, and difficulties. Your subconscious mind responds accordingly, and you're blocking your own good. Said, imagine the happy ending or solution to your problem. Feel the thrill of your accomplishment. Feel it. Make it real. This is so Neville. And what you imagine and feel will be accepted by your subconscious mind and bring it to pass. I'm just going to ask you to just trust this process and get busy. If you haven't received your desire, this is for the folks, but I've been doing that. Well, I'm not going to 
say it to you in the moment of your frustration about it. But the truth is that if you'd been doing that, you'd have a different outcome. You've been doing something like that. But you not you haven't been doing that. Because when we do that, it's exact. You've been doing something similar. If you haven't received your desire, it's most likely because you're doing something to block yourself from receiving it. And that doing is thinking. There's some thoughts that you are embracing and repeating and focused on that are working against your good intention. Negativity and doubt are seeping through. Now, see, somebody, just, the, the whole group of people were just, oh, now my question's answered. Yep. Focus and imagine the happy ending or solution. Remember, we started with this during our anniversary. This focus, attention, and imagination. So here we find it in our December 4th reading, focus and imagine the happy ending or solution, the outcome that you desire. Feel the thrill of accomplishment and receiving that which you desire. Now this is what's going to tell you whether you have the resistance around unworthiness. Because as you imagine this, you will feel your discomfort. And it's okay. You want to know that. You, want, you can't do this work and not know that. You can't hide this. I know you don't want that to be the case. But if it is the case, you want to know it as fast as you can because you have to unlink all of that. And if you just are instead hiding out trying to pretend that you're worthy but you're really not feeling it, then it ain't going to work. Because it's done unto you as you believe, and if you believe you're not worthy, you're not. Not in the universe you aren't, but on your planet you are not. Your personal planet where you rule. If you think you're not worthy, you are not. T-shirt, matching pants, the works. You got the not worthy outfit. And the world sees you coming with your little fit. The world sees you coming. And we are on notice to treat you as if you're not worthy. Because you, you got the mindset and the matching drag. And that is how it's unfolding. You're not bad. You're not wrong. You just simply have not healed this. You haven't shifted it. You haven't changed it. You have not yet transformed it. And that's the work we're up to. The shifting, the changing, the transforming of how we have been unaware. Where was this being taught? Some, okay, okay. God is willing. This is from our read for today. God is willing to fulfill it if you will have it so. Now, the only way we'll know whether you will have it so is by what you believe and what you're doing and how you're being. Here's the bottom line. Brannis McKenzie has been teaching this to us for forever at this point. That if ever a change is going to come, it starts with me. That change that I'm desiring, that I want to happen, and I just want to walk into, that ain't how it's happening. It's got to start with me. Whatever I need is there, she says in the lyrics of her song just waiting for me to step in and start right now creating whatever I see. Oh, I love it. It's, and I'm saying to you right now, 
It's time for transformation. I just want to acknowledge, so this view that you see of me, those of you at home, and the folks in the room see the whole thing, but I just want to acknowledge the beautification team, <coughs> pardon me, who are always making certain that things are as they should be, could be, and so they have set up our holiday motif, if you will. So I'm giving thanks for Barbara Woods Irvin, um, for Mildred Thompson, for Nadia Abdullah-Taylor, and for the beautification team leads, Ernestine Calvin and Valda Southall. Just grateful for all that they do, but especially today for the holiday, the poinsettias, all of it, all of it, just looking lovely, Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and those of you at home just giving thanks for, you know, it takes a village. I do want to highlight that we're counting on the village. Now, you know, there would be some things that when it happens and when you are willing to get on board that you'll call some folks and just say, look, I know you don't know nothing about this, but I need a favor. And so this YouTube campaign we have to have a thousand subscribers by the end of the year, just ask for a favor because they're clicking on something. And so you just call them and say, look, I need a favor. My center is trying to get to 1,000. Could you use those eight emails you have? And just go ahead and sign up and subscribe and do that. And just call a few people. And we'd have this done in no time. And you'll know for sure when we don't have this announcement next Sunday. Because there we'd be. So that's our goal on or before December 31st, to have 1,000 subscribers, and we'll keep you posted. Yes? Thank you for that. And I, I'm going to encourage y'all to be here singing with a heart song or lip syncing or whatever it is you need to do, but to get on board so that we can begin to come together in ways that are healing and supporting us in our intention for transformation. So, Know that I love and appreciate your willingness to play full out, yeah? Good. So I'm going to ask that you join me in prayer. <clears throat> that right where you are right now, that you're willing to come into an awareness that maybe you begin in the same way that I often do. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Just guide me, guard me, open me to whatever is mine to be, to do, to know, to have. Speak to my heart, Lord. And then just breathe. And be open and available. And it's from this space that I declare that what I know for sure is that there's one life. And that that life is the divine. It's the living one. It's the strong one. It's the all in all. It is the divine by any name. Allah, Jehovah, God, by any name. It certainly doesn't care. And I don't. It's to call it based on feeling, based on openness, based on a connection. Father, I give thanks that thou heareth me always, knowing that there's one, one life, one love, one joy, one breath. Each of us is breathing the breath of the living one, the strong one. And the living one, the strong one, is breathing each and every one of us. I know and I know for sure that I'm not breathing me, that I'm being breathed. And so I surrender into this moment. I know that God is life, that God is love, that God is wisdom. I know that this life, this love, this wisdom is in me. For I know that I and the Father be one. 
that there is truly not a spot where God is not. So it would have to be in me. It would have to be in each and every one of us, in all of us. And so I just breathe the I breathe that in because that like changes everything. Once I get that, it changes everything. It transforms my sense of how life got to be the way it is. I know that in me and in everyone is the vast power of faith, of the truth. And as I know this, I feel a new confidence. As I draw literally from the heart of love. I know that love is in me, over me, around and through me. I know that all power and love is given unto me by right of consciousness. Oh, I just give thanks. I give thanks for the way that this word is setting everything right. That it's not important, not required in any way, shape, or form that I name or number situations or circumstances that we desire to be changed. That instead I simply declare that I am now receptive to the highest and greatest good. That the divine, that the living one, the strong one is offering and it is always presenting a greater good by right of consciousness. So this day, on behalf of those in the sound of my voice, I receive it in deepest joy and thanksgiving, a heart filled and overflowing with gratitude for the accomplishment of this word. I know and I know that I know that it's not possible for this word to return void. I know that it must absolutely create in like kind, produce in like kind, manifest in alignment with this intention. And I give thanks. Father, Mother, God, I give thanks that thou heareth me always. And I release this word into the perfect activity of law. I let go, I let God. And I seal it for all eternity by simply saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love matters.